This is a Federal News Network podcast. Federal law will raise the maximum amounts Americans can contribute to 401k plans next year, including the Thrift Savings Plan. So is it a good idea to just go ahead and plow in all you can? We get some insight from certified financial planner Art Stein. And Art, I know your answer is going to be yes, put it all in, right? You're wrong for the first time in your life, Tom. There is a first time for everything, so tell us what's a better strategy here. I don't think your wife would agree with me, but I'm sure it's the first time. Not necessarily. It depends on your personal situation. Different people, of course, are in different situations, but you have to play defense in addition to offense financially. And defense in terms of financial planning for individuals is, among other things, protecting yourself against some kind of disaster. And I've met many people, federal employees as well as non-federal employees, who are maxing out their contributions to their retirement plans but don't have adequate amounts of life insurance or even homeowners and auto insurance, just to take two really simple examples. So if you're a married couple, one spouse is working, maybe you have three kids, The spouse that's working needs a lot of life insurance on his or her life because if that person dies, the spouse who's the uh, homemaker is not going to be able to immediately go back to work. There are three kids to take care of. There's this disaster that just happened, and, you know, the non-working spouse is unlikely to, even if they have a great degree and had a great professional life before they had kids, they're not just going to walk back into a high-paying job. And life insurance, that's what it's for. So federal employees have a choice between FEGLI, Federal Government Life Insurance Program, which during an open season they can get without you know medical underwriting. They also should always compare those prices to what they can get in the private sector. Many times healthy federal employees will find that the private sector life insurance might be cheaper. And besides putting aside enough money to pay for insurance if your eventual demise should happen unexpectedly, what about the idea of less-than-death types of experiences that could also be expensive that you would need to put money aside for before your TSP contribution? Okay, and here's where we get into, again, the easiest example auto and homeowners insurance. Many people may not realize that, you know, probably the most important part of your auto insurance is the liability portion because, you know, if your car is wrecked, that could be thirty or 40000 But if you hit somebody, that could be a million or more. And most auto insurance that people have, the liability coverage is going to be fifty to about a quarter of a million dollars. And any amounts that someone loses in a lawsuit above that, they have to pay out of pocket. So what we recommend to our clients is that they get what's called umbrella liability insurance. It's sold in multiples of a million dollars. It's extremely cheap to get. And it pays on top of the liability coverage you have with your auto insurance and also with your homeowner's insurance. You know, everyone needs to think about that liability even at home. Again, especially if you have kids, maybe they're running around the house with a friend and the friend falls down the stairs and the little kid can never walk again. I mean, there's going to be a lawsuit quite likely. 
and you want to have that major coverage which umbrella liability insurance offers and let me just say my wife and I have five million dollars of umbrella liability insurance it costs us about eight hundred dollars a year to me it's just a no-brainer to get that kind of coverage we're speaking with certified financial planner Art Stein all right moving down a notch then you've described two catastrophic types of situations that you can get reasonably insured for without great cost what about just rainy day types of funds that you should have again ahead of the and again this is a really important financial planning question suppose that you don't have an emergency fund you only have a couple of hundred dollars or a couple of thousand in the bank or suppose that you have credit card debt or a home equity line of credit the question becomes should you max out your tsp contributions or put in a smaller amount and pay down some of that debt or build up an emergency fund. You know, remember, an emergency fund isn't just for bad things. It could be for like, you know, maybe my oldest child is getting married and I want to pay for some of the wedding. And, you know, an emergency fund might be good for that. But I think people are going to really find out now if they have credit card debt, it's very expensive. If they have a home equity line of credit that they've used, those interest rates are going up because interest rates have gone up. It's getting to be very expensive. Now, let me just say, most important thing, put in at least 5%. Of your TSP maximum. Of your salary, because the government then is going to match that with another 5%. They match the first 5% of your salary that you put in. And it's like when they match it, you've doubled your money immediately. Never go below that 5%. But what we're talking about, above 5%, look at your debts, look at the insurance that you have, think about your overall financial picture. And that idea of, you said, possibly, you know, helping a child with a wedding or that kind of thing, a happy type of situation, don't a lot of financial planners, and don't you recommend, don't forget to live a little while you're living and live a little too you have to save of course for your old age but you know life insurance presupposes the fact or the possibility that you won't reach the old age and then you will have had a kind of a duller life than you might have by spending a little bit of your current income to enjoy life here's the thing tom that the amount you spend is not going to determine your happiness The amount of time you spend with relatives and friends, the things you do, whether you're participating in sports and hobbies, you know, whether you get a new car or have a fancier house or, you know, a really expensive pair of shoes, ultimately that's not really going to make you happy. And it's not just my opinion. I mean, they do studies on these things. It's personal relationships and activities. And those don't necessarily cost a lot of money. And also, if you've ever been in a situation, and I have, where you were financially stressed and had debts and couldn't pay them off, you're miserable. You know, the trip is done. You're not looking forward to the next trip because it's just going to make you more in debt. And it's an awful situation to be in. Yeah, so prepaying vacations by saving, that's a good way to do it. That's a nice way to do it. Just so you don't come home to a giant credit card bill. Bill. Yes, I remember Realtor more than 30 years ago. Help us find a house that we're still in. And, you know, it's been very happy in that house. And I remember at the time she said, you could buy more expensive, but it wouldn't make you any happier. And I 
was much younger then. Now I've come to realize the wisdom of what she said. Yeah. You know, being financially stressed, it's just, it's corrosive. It's terrible. And not having any debt, that's a really good feeling. Now, I'm not talking about a mortgage. I don't think there's anything wrong with having a reasonable mortgage and even a car loan. But credit card debt, even a home equity line of credit, that's not good. And if you're planning for retirement and you have credit card debt, don't retire. I'm sorry. It's just it's a sign that's right there in front of you saying, don't retire. You cannot even afford your lifestyle now when you're working. And that's why you have credit card debt. And you're going to retire and it's going to get any better? I don't think so. Art Stein is a certified financial planner in Bethesda, Maryland. As always, thanks so much. Thank you, Tom. And we'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on your schedule. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Leadership today, especially within the federal workforce, is being tested more than ever before. Sean Ferguson, Senior Vice President of Government Relations and Chief of Staff to the Office of the Chairman at the Special Olympics, joins host Shane Canfield, CEO of WEPA, to discuss the importance of leadership, inclusion, and community building. To learn more about how you can get involved with the Special Olympics in your community, visit specialolympics.org slash get dash involved. Hello, and welcome to the Lessons in Leadership podcast. What are some of the biggest lessons that you've learned working with that community? Oh, uh, yeah, almost... uh... Shane, it's almost immeasurable. The things I've learned since I've been with Special Olympics. I, um, one of the things that drew me to Special Olympics uh, when I made the move over from from the NFL uh, was that my mother, my grandmother, my aunt all took care of of people with intellectual disabilities and 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 physical disabilities as well. So all of my life, I was uh, interacting and around um, usually usually young people, but also adults with disabilities. And so I, I knew that I knew that work a bit, you know, they, they basically were in direct care. And, and I will say, and on, I obviously will say about my, my family, my mother, my aunt, my grandmother, they're saints. Uh, but, uh, the, the men and women that do take care of people with uh, profound disabilities are, are really, um, you know, we, we can't do enough to salute them. Um, they're, they're really heroes. And, um, so I was, I was drawn when I, I, and I just saw that, you know, Special Olympics was looking for someone and I thought, well, you know, take a look at it and see, see, you know, throw, send in my information and lo and behold, I, I, I get hired and, um, I learn uh, every day, almost something from, especially from our athletes. Uh, we're blessed to have a number of athletes that work here in our office in Washington, DC. And, you know, uh, Terrell, who, who works in, in our mailroom, who comes by with packages and deliveries. Uh, if you're having a day that's, you know, getting away from you and you, you <laughs> coffee hasn't kicked in, but Terrell comes by, always happy, always enthused, uh, has, a, has a good story. Like, it can just turn a day around for you. And, and, and you think of, I, I, you know, often when he'll walk away, I'll be like, you know, whatever was bothering me or whatever is, you know, stressing me out. And come on, you know, like look at look at Terrell. Like he, he he faces everything with optimism, and 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 I've seen that also in our going to competitions in throughout the United States and globally. You see people who have had everything stacked against them. You know, their parents when they were born were often told this is a tragedy, and you should you should 
you know, send your, this child away. Don't, don't, you know, and, and kind of forget about them, Get, turn them over to the state or, or wherever. And, and, you know, that, you know, just kind of wash, wash your hands of it. Um, and, and, and in, in these cases, the parents didn't do that, thankfully. Um, and, but they've still faced enormous challenges, you know, and, but you see them out competing on the basketball courts or the football fields or swimming and, uh, and, and, you know, besting their times from, from their last competition. And they're so committed and just keep fighting through all the obstacles that they've had in front of them that are not just on the sports field, but also in growing up and finding education and finding groups to be part of and trying to find jobs. And, and, and I've seen so much perseverance and grit, uh, from the athletes of special Olympics that, uh, I, I, Tim Triver, my boss, the chairman, uh, says all the time, and I couldn't agree with him more. Uh, we get more than we give uh, working with Special Olympics. It, you know, we, and thank you for your very kind words about the work I do and we do. But but we're the lucky ones. We, those of us that work here are the lucky ones because I I said to someone the other day, you know, the things that I've been able to see and experience with athletes, you just don't get to do that anywhere. That that you know, it's a, and it's so unique and it's so. Uh, joyful and and uh, I mean we work hard and you know we we're up against you know the things that nonprofits are up against and you know the you know the issues of the day but uh man you see it, it and 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 the inclusion and the at special olympics no one's excluded you know no, right. no one's excluded everyone yeah. is equal at special olympics it, and you know in a country that's quite divided on so many lines politically and uh, socially uh, economically race and uh, sexual orientation and whatnot, but you go to Special Olympics and everyone's involved, everyone's welcome, everyone's equal. And I've learned that it's a model for our country and for our world. Uh, I, I just think that that if if people were involved in Special Olympics and experienced the power of Special Olympics for themselves, I, I, I can't imagine that one help our country and help our world um, to experience that true inclusion and acceptance of difference. How, how do we get how can listeners get involved in Special Olympics? Ways to get involved? Uh, tons of ways. So uh, volunteers, obviously, coaches, officials. Um, and, and the thing that, that, that uh, Tim Shriver has done uh, and really pushed in the years that he's been chairman is the unified sports model that, that I mentioned earlier. Um, where people, and, and it doesn't have to be, uh, it's not just school age, it's, it's uh, you know, we say nine to 99 or uh, year old uh, folks uh, that play on teams, uh, bowl together, golf together, play soccer, basketball together, uh, people with and without intellectual disabilities competing on teams together. Um, and that is, I, I think when you, when you go back to the founding uh, of our organization what mrs Tri mrs shriver was trying to do uh was to to uh, create inclusion opportunities for people with intellectual disabilities and you see it at these unified sports events where people with and without are playing together we still have traditional uh teams where it's all people with intellectual disabilities competing with other uh, teams all intellectual disabilities but this model of inclusive sports and inclusive leadership programs and whatnot i think is truly revolutionizing and changing the way people see uh others with intellectual disabilities that's just like i mean that's what we 
that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to bring people together and bridge difference and, and, and celebrate differences and that our athletes, man, are some of the greatest people that you will meet. And, and, uh, and there's a lot to learn from our athletes and playing sports with them and interacting is, is how you'll learn it. Check us out at, you know, uh, specialolympics.org on, on our website. Uh, that will link you to your local program. You can follow through the, the clicks of how to get involved and where, what's closest to you. You'll enjoy it. I can promise you that. Well, thank you very much, Sean. And, and to everybody listening, I'm Shane Canfield, CEO of WEPA, and we'll, uh, Talk to you next time on the Lessons in Leadership podcast.